being in here, uh, first of all, evokes um, great memories of uh, being in the sacred. I don't know, Anthony, do you remember when there were with win these windows were all blocked up? And some of you do, Jim does. And uh, miraculously, they found that when they took away all of the wood that was holding these windows back, that they were marvelously stained in glass. And the light came in and it transformed this place. So that not only visually was it transformed, but one's voice just carries so well in this place. Those of you that are musicians are acutely aware of how well the sound carries in this chapel. And then the people that I've met, and the people who come to worship here, Monday night or Tuesday night after Monday night or Tuesday night over the years, they all remind me of a song that Tom Paxton composed, uh, Come, Come Unholy. It's a beautiful song. Maybe, Jim, you can play it one of these Tuesday nights. But I want to talk about the Gospel passage, and I want to do it in such a way that it relates to uh, either a book or a movie that all of us should be familiar with. It's an American classic. It's called The Wizard of Oz. And there's an amazing correlation between what happens when Dorothy goes down the yellow brick road and what's contained in the Gospel passage for today. Because you remember, in The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy meets three characters, and they're Jungian archetypes. Now, I'm not going to give you those characters in their order in the play, or in the movie, or in the book. I'm going to juggle them around a little bit in order to make them correspond to the Gospel passage today. The first character that Dorothy meets is the lion. And what does the lion need from the wizard? Courage! Courage! Because courage is essential to the lion's well-being. He's not a lion if he doesn't have courage. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and what does Jesus say when the Pharisees are telling him that Herod is about to get him? You go tell that sly fox that I'm not afraid of him. In other words, what Jesus did was he manifested courage and it came from his soul. It came from his very being. And all the more so because when the Pharisees came to Jesus to tell him that Herod was after him, Herod had just beheaded John the Baptist. He had just done that in the previous chapter. And so the Pharisees themselves were afraid for Jesus' well-being. And yet Jesus says to the Pharisees and to all of his followers, something that evoked a sense of courage in him, which was absolutely necessary. That's the first attribute of the soul that Jesus points out to us. That if we're going to be followers of Christ, we somehow or another have to have the courage to stand up to a bully. Yes. And Lord knows we need that courage today. 
That's what Jesus was doing when he was saying about Herod as a sly fox. He was calling Herod for what he was, which was nothing more than a bully. And he got the attention of the people because the people knew that Herod had to be stood up against. And Jesus had that courage and he says to us, by extension, so should we. We should be courageous to be able to stand up to bullies. After all, we have a sense of what's right. I'm not saying that we need to be arrogant, but we have a sense of what's right. So be not afraid. Don't give in to that fear that you see and hear and, and read about almost on a daily basis. We possess something within our souls that can overcome that. Yeah. Just as Jesus possessed something in his soul that overcame his fear of the earth. The second thing is, in the gospel passage, what Jesus says is, I must be on my way. My route and my direction is fixed towards Jerusalem, he says. Which is to say that Jesus used the power of his intellect in order to determine what his mission was. Jesus knew, after having had given it some thought, that he had to go to Jerusalem, that that was his mission in life, and it was in Jerusalem where there would be some action that would take place that would determine his fate. But he was clear about thinking that process through, which is to say that in the spiritual life, when you're walking on your own spiritual journey, when you're going down your own yellow brick road, you'd better use the power of your intellect. And who is the second person of the three that Dorothy encounters on the yellow brick road? The scarecrow, who needs a brain, right? We need to use our brain power. I have studied mystics. I have even observed a few people in my own life whom I would call mystical. And there's not a one, not a one of them who is stupid. Not a one of them is flighty. If you want to progress in your spiritual life, you'd better be aware of how to develop your brain. Just like the scarecrow had to develop a brain. We're not scarecrows, we've got brains. And what Christ is saying is use it. Use it for mission. Use it to know what your purpose and direction is in life. Because you have one. And it's God-given. It's spiritually driven, not ego-centered. That's the second thing. So, so far we've seen the lion and the scarecrow. And the last kind of Jungian archetype that Dorothy encounters on the road to see the Wizard of Oz is... The Tin Man. Thank you, Jim. You've got this down. <laughs> and what does the Tin Man have need of? A heart. And it's on that particular, particular archetype that Jesus spends the most time in today's gospel passage. The archetype of having a heart is manifested when Jesus says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You can almost see him crying. He has such pathos for Jerusalem. 
for the people of Jerusalem, for the whole development of Judaism, for everything that it represents in terms of a contribution to humanity, for making people more aware of what the, the, the Yahweh, the Godhead, is all about. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you almost hear him say, I love you and I grieve for you because you haven't gotten the message. I would have protected you and so would my father have protected you like a hen protects her brood. And pay attention to the analogy that Jesus uses there. Like a mother hen who protects her brood. Protects her brood from what? Usually a fox. There was um, a missionary in Tanzania who uh, observed in the little village that he was serving a mother hen every night protecting her little chicklets, her brood. And she would put them, just like Jesus said, put them under her wings. And lo and behold, one night the fox did come. And here's what's remarkable. The mother hen did not try to get away. The mother hen knew that she was um, uh, vulnerable, that her life was at stake, and yet she just stayed where she was, this missionary in Tanzania says, and she let the fox head at her, and he did. It's the rawness of nature, I suppose. He had, the fox had his way with the mother hen but her brood lived. So what does that say about how Jesus sees us and sees himself? Isn't that not just a great example of servant leadership? It seems to me that that's what servant leadership is all about, that we see ourselves just as Jesus saw himself in a sacrificial manner that we have a mission, and part of that mission is to be able to be of service to others in a servant leadership manner, but also to be of service to others in a way that is going to involve sacrifice. That life itself is sacrificial. I mean, if it weren't sacrificial, then we would not die. But we all die. So let's face reality, live sacrificially, and in that way, we really live nobly. In that way, we live in such a way that we are made in the image and likeness of a loving God, because that's the way God lives. For others. Live for others in a servant leadership role. Let all of your gifts that you have been given be used in the kingdom of heaven in such a way that it gives glory to God. And if you die, so what if your physical body dies? Just like that, that mother hen. It's the brood that's important. I'm 70 years old and I'm beginning to realize that now. Uh, the, um, the little passage 
that we have before us today has a ton, a wealth of information in it. It has information about the kind of person that Jesus himself was, courageous, intelligent, and compassionate, caring. He possessed courage, a mind, as well as a heart. Isn't that what so much of spiritual direction is about? Getting the heart and the mind together and then going beyond that in a sacrificial way. And that's what life is about in the kingdom of God. I kid you not. You talk about the kingdom of this world all you want, but what Jesus was really interested in for us was talking about the kingdom of heaven because that's where life really is. It's in the spiritual realm. We're spiritual living inside of this body of ours. And Jesus gives us that good news. Never forget it. Live courageously. You hear that, Anthony? Live that life courageously, my friend. Use your intellect. You hear that, Leslie? And don't be afraid to let your heart show, Laura. She does. Amen. Oh, yeah.